game on Saturday. Um, you know, this is uh, almost his deal now. And what I'm talking, of course, about is UBC not going to the NCAA, staying in the CIS, and President Toop basically saying he is going to change the CIS. He did a town hall meeting the other day. Did this come up at all? or No, no I mean, this annual town hall address is aimed more towards the faculty and staff more than anything else. And for them, now, this isn't a giant issue. There was a lot of concern among them of moving to the NCAA because of all the controversies we hear over there and issues about accreditation and so forth. But for them, it's been put to bed. But for Toop, if he wants to make good on the promises that he made back in April about helping to reform the CIS, about getting better comp competition about uh, making scholarships more flexible this is something that he's going to have to put a lot of energy into because the overall organizational structure of the cis as you know daryl is such a quicksand and quagmire that unless you're putting a lot of focus nothing is going to get done okay so justin so everybody knows this interview is about a month old now yeah so there may have been some development since but from what i've heard there really haven't been surprise <laughs> so here's my interview with president toop going forward in the CIS, and Justin and I are going to come back and talk about it. Um, here I am with uh, the president of university, Stephen Toop, uh, here to talk about UBC, not necessarily not going in the NCAA, that's now in the past, but where we're going ahead with UBC staying in the CIS. Um, Mr. President, thank you so much for doing this, and you in your press conference said that the status quo in the CIS, when you said that UBC is going to stay, was unacceptable. That's right. So where do we stand now? So we're in the midst of uh, lots of discussions. Uh, you may know that there was a uh, working group uh, uh, created by Canada West. Uh, I'm co-chairing that with uh, the athletic director from another Western university. And uh, we've been charged with uh, taking a relook at competitive structure. Uh, first looking at Canada West, but the reality is as soon as you open that can of worms, uh, you're looking at competitive structure for CIS. And frankly, uh, you're implying a lot of other questions too, like, the scholarship issue which UBC has been concerned about for a long time. So we're in the midst of meetings. We've already had one meeting which I hosted here at UBC and we're about to have another meeting next week in Calgary and uh, we're going to see what progress we can make on reform initiatives. Uh, you have mentioned that you want a Canada West tiered system. It's been something that's been talked about for years. Um, there's the five schools that are sort of spearheading it. You mentioned your press conference. You hope to have it done by 2012-13. Is that feasible? No. <laughs> what's uh, what's become obvious is uh, that the planning around the scheduling is uh, simply too complex to get a complete revision by 2012-13. But what I hope we will be able to do is have the plan for how we're going to proceed, uh, certainly by 2012, so that by the time we're getting to 2013-2014, we can actually implement. I, uh, let me also say that there are a lot of parallel discussions going on, which you may know about. Uh, so in the midst of our discussions, there's also some work that uh, CIS is doing with Own the Podium, uh, which, of course, you know, has been instrumental in, in thinking about high-performance sport in Canada. So, quite frankly, there are a lot of moving pieces here, and right now, I couldn't predict exactly where this is going to land. But what I am feeling pretty confident about is that there is a wide recognition across the country that the current situation is not not only not ideal, but probably not even sustainable. 
I'd actually like to follow that up. When you say not sustainable, you're saying that if the CIS stays on the path that they've been on with the way they're running their sports over, say, the last, I'll just say 10 years, I'll throw out a number, this league is going to have major cutbacks in, say, the next decade? Uh, I don't know if it'll be major cutbacks. I suspect that there will be a number of institutions across the country that are going to feel that their interests are not best served by the current uh, arrangements with C- in, within CIS. And there are other people across the country who are worried that CIS is not meeting its mandate. Uh, I'll be very honest with you. Uh, if you look at what CIS says it wants to do, it says it wants to be the destination of choice for top Canadian scholar-athletes. And in my view, the current structure means that it won't be able to do that. Can we also say, is it the, can we say the top Canadian athletes or is it top Canadian athletes? Are we trying to get the best here? Yeah, we're trying to get the best, uh, the best both in terms of their athletic prowess and, uh, uh, of course, we also want them to be committed students as well. Because that is a major statement, and that's obviously something that, especially with the mass media of today, you know, Canadian students are following the U.S. sporting system. And just an example, uh, Mark Trazzolini, he's going to be playing here with Santa Clara uh, September 9th. He's going to be playing against UBC's men bas- men's basketball team, Division One athlete. He didn't go to a big-time Division I school. He didn't go to Kentucky. He didn't go to Duke. He didn't go to UCLA. He went to what's called a mid-major, which I'm sure you've learned about, Santa Clara. How do we keep that player? Because that's a player we can compete for if we can build up a system. You're saying that is the goal here? That is the goal, yes. That is the goal. And what we're going to have to do is we're, we're going to have to obviously rethink uh, the uh, level of competition, and that goes to uh, how it is that we might have a kind of high-performance element within uh, either within CIS or within a different structure. Uh, but it also goes to the overall scholarship opportunities for uh, outstanding athletes. We, we currently are operating in a very, very restrictive environment, which it makes us very uncompetitive for a lot of top people. Now, some people choose to come here nonetheless. I mean, if you look at our swimming program, it's outstanding. We have Olympians in our swimming program. But there are many other programs where it's very, very hard to compete successfully. Um, also, you mentioned in your, pro- in your press conference you wanted to enhance scholarships, and that's one you, you said right off the top in your press conference, we've had less progress on scholarships in talking about with other CIS schools. Elaborate on that, and how can I not be pessimistic when I hear that <laughs> statement? Well, uh, so I said that we'd had less progress in part because we just hadn't had as many conversations as we had about the, the tiering issue. But what's become clear to me and look I'm in a learning curve on all of this Uh, it's not my background and it's been very interesting for me to discover some of the complexities what has become clear to me is that you can't deal with the question of competition level without dealing with the scholarship question and uh, we are beginning to have more and more conversations around that scholarship question and it may turn out that the scholarship commitment becomes the leverage point for understanding the level of competition question So, in other words, we might have to reverse the whole discussion. I don't know where this is going to go, quite frankly, but we may have to reverse the whole discussion and ask uh, universities across the country what their interests are in committing to change around scholarships and by teasing out who seems to be willing to change that dynamic, start to look at competitive structure from the perspective of scholarships. So back to getting the top athletes here, is your goal in the end, because if you're going to compete with these American schools, because that's, you know, that's the reality of it, is it full ride? Is that what we're trying to get? 
Yeah, look, I don't have a very specific uh, plan in mind in terms of uh, what numbers of uh, full scholarships have to be available, but it does seem to me uh, that in the same way we offer full scholarships uh, for people for other purposes, leadership purposes, uh, academic, purely academic purposes, it's not, There's, in my view, there's nothing ethically wrong with imagic, imagining full-ride scholarships for athletes as long as they're also committed to uh, academic studies. And, uh, you know, there's no question in my mind that people across the country believe that those two things can be compatible. Um, You also said in your press conference it was a very difficult decision to come to this, and you said that you believe that the CIS is going to be in very... CIS is in very serious reform discussions. Um, I was critical in that you're going on promises here. Mm -hmm. You didn't get any deal agreed to when you said that UBC is going to stay in the CIS. You also said, I quote, UBC for the time being is going to be a member in the CIS. So is it fair to say that in the next two to three years, if the CIS doesn't do anything, this door gets opened again at the NCA door? Yes. I think that's crucial. I think uh, I wanted to be clear from the beginning that I felt, uh, after really a lot of discussion, a lot of weighing, a lot of consultation, that we had to give one shot, one last shot, to really imagining a new way of thinking about Canadian inter-university sports. I was reassured in conversations with people across the country that they were willing to do that. If we discover that they're not and that we can't make progress, then of course we have to look at the best interests of UBC and the best interests of our student-athletes. And is that a fair statement? the two to three year window? Yeah, I think we got to give it a couple of years. Uh, look, these are complicated discussions. Uh, there are a lot of people involved. As I said earlier, there are a lot of moving parts. It's not just CIS. It's what other people across the country are looking at in terms of high performance uh, sport. Uh, and we also are going to be looking internally at UBC, and this is an important point. Um, we're going to be having uh, an external review done of our athletics uh, uh, department uh, starting in the, the autumn, and that's public. Uh, we haven't got the terms of reference fully worked out there. But I want to look at the whole balance of you know where we're delivering on intercollegiate sport versus where we're delivering on intramural sport and just on health and wellness for our own students. We have to look at all of that. We have to balance all of that out. It's going to take us a couple of years to figure out where we want to put our emphasis uh, and so yes I would say two to three years if we don't start to see some real progress some real change we've got to reopen the NCAA possibility scholarship tiering being the main points absolutely um, and also um, student one thing that really hasn't been brought up I think in this whole process is student involvement in sports student participation student attendance is really the word I'm looking for um, Is that something you obviously want to see done, and what do you think can be done? Is that a fair question to ask you? Uh, well, fair. I know I'm not an expert in it, but I would say uh, that, you know, I, I go to some games, and I am struck by the fact that there aren't a lot of people there. Uh, and I think that that is an element uh, that is important in, in terms of generating a sense of con- connection for students to the university. Uh, we can do a better job there, and I think that there's been frustration again uh, with 
the way the scheduling works for CIS, it's sometimes hard to maintain traditional rivalries. That's been one of the concerns, that that could actually even degenerate further. Uh, if you have a sense of traditional rivalries, if you've got a sense that the quality of the game is going to be really high and that you've got outstanding athletes in front of you, I think it's probably easier to encourage people to come, and that's part of this whole process. And uh, last point I want to make um, and I, I also asked you this at the press conference, is the NAI teams, and particularly men's baseball. Um, you mentioned that this program, even if UBC uh, stays in the CIS long term and it gets absorbed by the NAI, gets absorbed by the NCAA, you're still going to have, quote unquote, a club team here. I didn't say that about basketball, uh, about baseball uh, alone. It's, I, I want to yeah. be c careful about that. One. Women's I'm softball. Referring yeah. generally, and I know, in fact, uh, for baseball, that would probably be very, very difficult to achieve. Uh, for others, it's not as difficult. Uh, that, when I said that the decision was hard, that was one of the hardest elements of the decision. I, I'm well aware that there's a risk for some of our existing teams uh, because of what's happening in the states and the potential for the uh, unification of the leagues. Of course, there are still ifs there. We don't know that that's going to happen. You know, interestingly, uh, the other side of all of this is there continues to be a lot of pretty negative commentary around certain elements of the NCAA. Uh, just uh, recently, of course, we've seen uh, more examples around football, etc. Uh, so it's going to be intriguing to me to see whether or not at the end of the day uh, all of the uh, schools that currently operate uh, in the NAIA uh, are going to want to get into the NCAA. I mean, it, it, we don't know. There's projection about that. So uh, I am aware that there's a risk there. We're paying very close attention to it. And part of the uh, review for athletics uh, really has to look at our overall positioning. W what sports are we in? What sports are we not in? Why are we choosing to support some I as intercollegiate or varsity sports, others as club sports? Uh, I mean, a good example that we have to think through, it seems to me, is rowing. Uh, we've got a history of tremendous success in rowing, and yet it's a very complicated sport to place anywhere in league structures. Well, how do we make sure that we honor our traditions in rowing and participate as actively as we can? So there are a lot of questions that have to be answered about where we choose to participate and where we don't. And that's all going to be open for discussion and consultation uh, in the uh, autumn. Thank you for doing this, sir. Thank you very much. All right, Justin, that was uh, President Stephen Toop. Yes, it was. <laughs> well said. There. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. When we're back, Justin and I are going to talk about uh, that interview and what the president said, UBC not going to the NCAA, staying in the CIS. Uh, before we go, Justin, though, and then we'll come back and talk about it. Uh, some initial thoughts there. Well, I mean – the president can talk the talk on the things that need to change in the CIS, and there are things that we've all known have to change in the CIS for many, many years. Uh, I think he's just starting to realize, and you can tell in his language and things, that he's pushing back and walking away from saying it's going to be more difficult of just the monumental task it takes to reform the CIS and whether one president at however an influential school UBC may be academically, athletically is sort of out of the loop of where certain key stakeholders are. We'll get to that. And the other one that got me when I asked him if in two to three years, and he said he agreed with that number, we don't see significant, that's the key word I like, significant changes in the CIS, the NCAA tour. 
back open. Here we go again. All right, uh, we'll be back in a moment. You'll see to 101.9 FM. Bleach Babes are having their CD release party September 22nd at the Princeton Pub. CDs are $5, admission is $5. The show is 19 and over. Joining the shiny pop punks of Bleach Babes will be Langley's finest hardcore punks, The Killed Spirits, Killer Loud Pop from Dead Soft, and the two-man progressive duo, The Halcyon Core. Don't miss the Bleach Babes CD release party September 22nd at the Princeton Pub, 1901 Powell Street at Victoria Drive. Deception, passion, romance, revenge. Is this the story of your life? If not, liven it up with Shakespeare. There's still time to enter the world of the greatest English playwright ever, under the tents at Bard on the Beach. There are matinee and evening performances to September 24th. Good seats are available for all four productions, and the evening youth price is just $30. Get your reserved seats now, online at bardonthebeach.org, or call the box office, 604-739-0559. All right, everybody, welcome back to Where's Barbie here on 101.9 FM, CITR Radio. At 545, we're going to have Howard Samura of the Vancouver province on with us. Uh, here to talk a little more UBC, staying in the CIS, um, not going into the NCAA. In my interview we just played with President Stephen Toop, Justin McElroy, the editor for the UBC newspaper. Um, Justin, you covered this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did... did where do you think we're going? And did I did I learn anything? Did you learn anything in my interview here? I learned that the president has realized that conference realignment will not happen next year. I learned uh, that the president is still committed, rhetorically at least, publicly at least, to reforming the CIS. But I also learned that... Uh, it is about exactly as hard as I thought it would be for one university president to do that, which is very. I mean, <laughs> as we've talked about before, and as anyone who has studied the CIS knows, that there's a lot of competing interests here. And while it may seem obvious that uh, you want to have a more tiered structure so competitive programs play against other competitive programs and have some more flexibility on scholarships so that top athletes, you're never going to get the top athletes. I mean, let's just put that to rest. But top athletes in your high-profile sports, having a bit more scholarships. To get those things to happen, yeah, we can say it's a good thing, but you've got to get everyone on the same page. And right now, people aren't on the same page, and that's the problem. Uh, And tell us, explain to us, Justin, what goes on, and they basically control the votes in this CIS league, uh, Ontario. Well, yeah, I mean, you look at Canada West, and the big schools out here share the same interests not only academically but also uh, athletically you know ubc alberta calgary saskatchewan they all would like the same things for the cis generally for reform and they're also like-minded on the research front so stephen toop has no problem talking to them and saying let's be on board with this and let's push for things And Atlantic Canada and Quebec are both small enough and sort of disjointed that their votes from a large institutional standpoint, I don't want to say don't matter, but aren't as influential. But you look at Ontario, and in Ontario, the schools that really matter aren't the schools that are like-minded with UBC 
academically and the schools that Toop could phone up and have productive conversations with because he always does. Your Torontos, your Yorks, your Waterloos. The schools down there that really matter are your Queens, your University of Western Ontario, your McMasters, your Carltons, your U of Ottawa. And uh, there's a large difference there in what they want out of the CIS, what they think is the way forward. And for them, the status quo is pretty fine. And they don't have a lot of institutional relationships with UBC or with schools that want reform. And you're going to need to get their votes one way or another to make the substantial changes that President Toop says need to be made. Because what happens in Ontario right now is pretty much any topic that comes up in the CIS. Yes. Uh, what they do is they basically, my understanding is they get together as a group. <laughs> as a conference. They debate it, but then they do what's called a block vote. Almost yes. like a political party mm-hmm. would do. And they basically control the day, is my understanding, pretty much on any issue because they have the votes well, to do it. They have plenty of votes. Uh, you know, that's right. And it is something they're fully within their rights to do that. Um, And the main reason why it works and it's effective and there's not really a schism is because your big schools, you know, I said your Toronto, University of Toronto doesn't care about athletics. In terms of a big picture, you know, they field teams, but it's not in any way integral to their mission statement at all. University of York has teams, doesn't care. Uh, And those are the biggest universities, and those are the ones with the biggest endowments and the biggest budgets, but they don't have it as a priority, and so they're fine with the smaller schools setting the agenda there and going along, because for them right now, even if scholarships were available and there was sort of a pan-Canada super conference, they wouldn't play in it. The presidents wouldn't try and make basketball and football teams there good to compete in it. So what's the point in making it an issue? Where you're taking your, what you're saying is you're taking your Western, your Queens and McMaster. They're getting decent crowds at the CIS. Yeah, they're getting five to even nine, ten thousand people at those games. My understanding, pretty good support. Where if they had to go bigger, they probably just couldn't do it. And you look at Carlton and basketball, probably mm-hmm. extremely happy with the <laughs> way that league's going. I would for say them. so. So, what is our president of this university? to do how how can they crack this nut as you say well i think having everyone in the canada west singing on the same songbook is the start right um impossible because you're gonna be discluding about six or seven of those schools right off the well I'm, i i mean the large schools and saying you know having enough people making a real public push of saying look This is where we want the CIS to go long-term. These are the general principles we can all agree with. Because right now, yes, there's this vague talk of CIS reform that's existed for a long time, but it's 20 voices talking in 20 different uncoordinated different ways, and so, of course, nothing is going to get done. If you start to see the Canada West schools band together on certain things and try and create some sort of real public debate where there's two options, then you might see something. But that's a long ways off and uh as 